Well, if you've got a Bible with you, if you want to turn with me to the book of 1 John, we're going to be in 1 John chapter 2 together this morning, beginning at verse 1. 1 John chapter 2, I'm going to read verses 1 to 6 together this morning. And this is what it says. My dear children, I write this so that you do not sin. You will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for all of our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. We'll leave it there. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you and praise you this morning for your words. We thank you, Lord, that as we read your word, as we study your word, as we delve into it, Lord God, you speak to us. It is the primary way that you communicate with us. And as we open up these brief verses together this morning in uh, 1 John, we ask, Lord God, that we might hear your voice speaking to each and every one of us. Be with us, we pray. Challenge us, edify us, encourage us. Highlight those areas in our life, Lord Jesus, that need to be highlighted. Help us, Lord God, to see you at work, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So today we're continuing our series in the book of 1 John. Zoe opened up brilliantly for us a couple of weeks back. And if you're a regular here at Hope Baptist Church, you'll know that at the moment we've got two simultaneous sermon series going on side by side. We've got a number of dedications which are happening in the life of the church at the moment. And every time that there's a dedication, we have a thematic series called Like a Child, which we are working our way through, looking really at what it means to have a childlike faith. We're not called to be childish. We're not called to stomp our feet so we get our own way and things like that. But we are called as Christians to have a childlike faith such that when we see Jesus, we trust him with all of our hearts. And the other weeks, we're looking together at this particular book, 1 John, together. And even though these series are vastly different series in many respects, what we're going to see over the course of this next month or so is they actually complement each other really well. You see, whilst Like a Child calls us to a childlike faith, this series in 1 John shows us really what it means to walk in spiritual maturity. And 1 John calls its readers back to three key principles, essentially. It calls us back to true doctrine, it calls us back to obedient living, and it calls us back to faithful devotion. And as we open up this particular passage together this morning, what I really want us to see, and it's going to be a briefer sermon than usual, you might be pleased to know, but what I want us to see together today is really the fruit which is produced when a person really knows Jesus Christ. You know, back in 1997, a Van Gogh portrait sold for over $87 million dollars. 
there are not many people on this planet who can afford to have a Van Gogh hanging up in their living room. But this particular painting which was hanging up has thousands and thousands of prints made of it, which you can pick up almost to next to nothing. You see, the prints of this particular painting look very similar to the original, maybe even to the naked eye. You wouldn't be able to tell them apart if you're not much of an art critic. But there is a vast difference to them. They're not the original. They weren't painted by the painter. They don't have the brush strokes that the original painter put in. And you know, in some ways, spirituality can be a little bit like that, can't it? Because we can look, when it comes to faith, fairly close to the original. We can look, when it comes to faith, fairly close to what we are supposed to look like as Christians. But the reality is, at times, we can just be cheap imitations. A person can be around church all of their life. They can attend church services week in, week out. They can attend Bible study groups. They can attend prayer meetings. They can be on a number of different committees in the life of a church. They might even have memorised the entire Bible. But unless a person knows Christ for themselves, ultimately all of those things count for absolutely nothing. Jesus said that a tree is identified by its fruit. So this morning, we're going to take a brief moment together to begin to understand really what John is getting at here and take a brief look at three things I believe John suggests are essential for us to have and the fruit for us to produce if we are truly walking with Christ. And those three things are this, obedience, maturity and lifestyle. These are the fruit, if you like, of someone who is essentially walking in the light and therefore walking with Jesus. And as we look at these things together this morning, what I want us to do is to really take a moment to examine ourselves, to examine our hearts, to examine our walk with him and ask the question this morning, am I truly walking with Jesus? Have I been made new? Am I a new creation or am I just a cheap imitation this morning? My heart is that everyone who is associated with Hope Baptist Church doesn't just see this place as a social club, doesn't just see this place as somewhere to come just to pass the time, but actually the whole family of Hope Baptist Church that walks closely with Christ. Because let me tell you something, there is no better way to walk than walking with Jesus. And if up to this point all your walk has been is an imitation, there is so much more for you to grasp and grab hold of by coming to know Jesus Christ for yourself. So let's break these things down together this morning and let's begin to focus on some of these verses that we have just touched on together and we'll look at verses three and four together once again to start with. We read this. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him but does not do what he commands, is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. That's quite a harsh statement, isn't it? But the first evidence that I want to suggest this morning to whether you really know Christ for yourself is obedience. That we become people who ultimately keep his commands. Now, don't misunderstand what John is saying here. He is not saying that we are saved by our works. The Bible tells us that our righteous acts are like filthy rags when it comes to God. The truth is today, there is nothing that you can do to earn the favour of God in your life. 
And it's important to keep the order of what John says here into perspective today. Notice he doesn't say, if you keep his commands, you will know him. He says, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. John is saying that keeping commands of Jesus and doing the things that Jesus told us to do is a sign of our relationship with him. You know, one of the issues, I believe, of gospel proclamation over the years is that it's called people to pray a prayer, hasn't it? If you want to know Jesus, pray this prayer, bish, bash, bosh, you're in the club, well done. But what it hasn't done is it's not called people to true life transformation. The gospel is not pie in the sky when you die theology. It's not about simply praying a prayer and you're in the club. No, the gospel is about life transformation. It's about saying, I was going this way, but Jesus entered my life and he's turned me around and now I'm following him with everything that I have. Jesus said it like this in John 15 and verse 14, you are my friends. If you do what I command, obedience is a sign of a relationship with Jesus. What does it mean to obey God? Well, when Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was, this is how he responded. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. This is the great and the first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all of the law of the prophets. Obedience means first and foremost giving God the place of honor in our lives and doing therefore what he says. Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, he must deny himself, he must take up his cross, and he must follow me. Why did Jesus use this analogy? Well, in Roman times, when someone was uh, deemed to be executed by crucifixion, they were forced to carry their own cross to their execution. It wasn't because the Romans were lazy. They had loads of money. They could have employed someone to take the cross up there, get it ready, and stick a man on a cross. But no, this whole idea of taking your cross and carrying your cross to your execution was a sign to the whole of the population that this person is now under our submission. His life is in our hands. If we want him to live, he'll live. If we want him to die, he'll die. So this was the sign which was meant to deter anyone else from doing the things that this person who's going to be executed was doing. And Jesus said, this is the analogy of what it means to follow me. It means denying myself, denying my rights, and saying, Jesus, I am totally and utterly living for you. It might seem obvious, But in a world which is, I guess, so often me-centric, in a world which seeks to look after number one, it's no wonder that even as Christians at times, we can fall into exactly the same patterns and our lives can get out of kilter. And John points out here that the fruit of genuine faith is obedience. Why? Because truth is always expressed in action. So the first challenge for us today as we look at this particular passage together is how are we obeying Christ? Are we loving the Lord our God with all of our hearts, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength? Are we seeking to do the things which Jesus did? Have we forgiven those who have hurt us? Are we generous with the things that God has given to us? Do we seek to tell the good news of Jesus to those that we come into contact with? You see, We can say that we know Christ, 
but truth is always expressed in action. The second evidence that that we see in John's writing here is this idea of maturity. Verse 5 says, But if anyone obeys his words, love for God is truly made complete in him. This is how we know that we are in him. The idea here of being made complete in him in other translations is termed being perfected in him. And what John is getting at here for us today is this idea of maturity. What does it mean to be spiritually mature? Essentially, what we're talking about is becoming more like Jesus. That's why you can go to church all of your life and you can be in your 80s or 90s but not be spiritually mature because maturity is not an age thing, it's about Jesus, that we are called to be like him. You know, when we come to know Christ, when we accept him as our Lord and Saviour, as we spoke about together last week, the Holy Spirit comes and he takes up residence within us. You are a new creation and God starts a good work in you. That's why we read in Philippians 1 verse 6 these words, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And how is that achieved? Well, Paul goes on in Philippians uh, verse, uh, chapter 3 verses 12 to 13 and says this, not that I have already obtained this or I am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have already made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What we see here in Paul's two statements in Philippians is really the Christian maturity is obtained in two ways. Through the power of the Holy Spirit working within us and transforming us and then a radical reordering of our lives and our priorities. That's how we become more like Jesus. Do you see the flow of what John is saying here in 1 John chapter 2? The fruit of your relationship with God is ultimately produced when we are obedient with him and to him. And ultimately, it's through that obedience, through doing what he tells us to do, through keeping his commands, through walking as Jesus walked, that we become more mature. And what's the practical outworkings of that? Ultimately, it's a changed lifestyle. Verse 6 says, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Other versions of this passage put it like this. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way that he walked. What John is calling us to do here is to pattern our lives after Christ. We're called to chase after him with everything that we have. Take the world, but give me Jesus. How do we do that? By abiding in Christ. Him. The terminology really that John uses here in 1 John chapter 2 is the same terminology which he uses in John chapter 15 where we read this. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. 
Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Friends, the outworking of our faith is not that we become pew fodder for a church. The outworking of our faith is not that we are conditioned in such a way that we understand all of the church traditions and everything that goes on in the church calendar. It's not that we behave in such a manner that we can sit through a Sunday service every single week. The outworking of our faith is a radical lifestyle change which only comes from abiding in Christ. What does it mean to abide in Christ? Well, J.C. Ryle put it like this. To abide in Christ means to keep up a habit of constant, close communion with him. To be always leaning on him. To be always resting on him. Pouring out our hearts to him. And using him as our fountain of life and strength. As our chief companion and best friend. Can you say that this morning, I wonder? When you think about Jesus... Is that what comes to mind for you? That you're in a constant habit of close communion with him. That you're constantly leaning and resting on him. That you're constantly pouring out your heart to him and using him as the fountain of your life and strength as your chief companion and best friends. Friends, there is good news today because as we look at this together, As we think about these things together, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you answer no to that question, and he is not your chief companion and best friend, that you're not constantly leaning on him, today Jesus says to you, draw close to me and I will draw close to you. Today Jesus invites you once again into close communion with him. So the question really is, friends, how are you doing right now? What does close communion with Jesus mean for you? And is that closeness affecting your life in such a way that people look at you and they see Christ in you? In this brief message this morning, there is a challenge for us all to examine our walk with Christ and ask the questions together today, what is the outworking of my salvation in my own life? Are we obeying as Jesus calls us to obey Are we growing in spiritual maturity as Jesus calls us to grow? And does our lifestyle reflect it? Are we walking as Jesus walked? Because the fact of the matter is, it doesn't matter how many church services you've attended in your life. It doesn't matter how much of the Bible you've been able to memorize. It doesn't matter at all if it doesn't affect your life. Salvation is not simply a pie in the sky when you die theology. It's a in heaven, on earth as in heaven theology. When you come to know Jesus, your life is called to change. And only Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit can bring that about. And finally this morning, I want to challenge anyone that's here or anyone maybe who is watching online this morning and you've never acknowledged Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. Maybe you have been around church all this life, but this evidence of salvation is not present in your life. Maybe you're beginning to explore faith for yourself and you're searching for answers. 
I want to tell you today that the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Seek the Lord while he is there to be found. Draw on him whilst he is near. You can know Jesus for yourself today. You might be heading in the wrong direction, but he can turn you around. He can give you fresh hope. He can give you a future. And he can give you today something to live for. These fruit might be evidenced in your life too. I'm going to pray. I'm going to invite the band back up. And we're going to sing in response this morning. Who, O oh Lord, can save themselves? The answer is no one. Only Jesus can rescue us. And today Jesus holds his hand out to each one of us and draws us back into close communion with him. Let's pray together. Father God, I want to thank you for the free gift of salvation. I want to thank you that we are saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that there is nothing that we can do to earn salvation. But also, Lord God, I thank you that you don't just call us to pray a prayer, you call us to lifestyle change, a radical reordering of our existence, that we now seek after you, the author and the finisher of our faith. And this morning, Lord God, I want to ask for forgiveness for when that's not been evident and not been true in my own life. Recognising that I can be very me-centric and seek after number one. And Lord God, as a church, we come before you and we say sorry when you have not been our main focus and our main priority. We're sorry when life has got in the way and we've almost forgotten about you altogether. But today, King Jesus... We acknowledge who you are. Help us abide in you again, we pray. Help us to seek you with everything. And may your love in our lives be evident to those that we come into contact with, not just in this place, but in our work life, in our resting life, in our social life, Lord God. May people see Jesus in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.